Jayasat Gurudev and welcome back to another week of Vihangam Yoga Global Online Forum. I'm Adi from Sydney and today we have another interesting conversation about spirituality. Whatever age we are or profession we work in, or era of time that an individual may have lived in, there's one hurdle that we all experience at some point in our life, and that's stress. If we look at it simply, stress is what occurs mentally when we are torn into many directions and are unable to focus on one thing at a time. Today, we're going to be listening into a conversation between Raghvendra Upadhyayaji, an Associate Director at Bridge to India in Delhi, and Abhinav Kishorji, a two-year graduate at Software Engineering and a senior full-stack engineer at Atlassian. Abhinavji takes us into the engineering mindset on stress and their experiences with meditation helping them manage that stress. But the thing is, the lessons he learns from this mindset and from meditation are applicable to all of us and can help us all better understand how to overcome stressful times in our lives. Moreover, their reflection on the importance of meditation in his life so far reiterates to us about the positive impact that meditation has on an individual. So sit back and enjoy the conversation. Hello and welcome to Vihangam Yoga NCR. Uh, I have the opportunity of introducing you to Abhinav Ji, a young engineer from Australia. Welcome to VY NCR Abhinav Ji. Thank you Raghav Ji for having me today. It's a pleasure Abhinav Ji. Uh, what I would like to know from you is, uh, as a student of engineering, Right, uh, we are taught the, we are taught quantitative uh, methods. We are taught uh, how to perceive things uh, in a cause and effect way, right? So when we see the universe, yeah, when we see nature around us, we look at uh, the symptoms, how to how to set up systems, how to optimize systems. If we were to run something like that in our lives and look at areas where we can improve ourselves, you know, how do we handle stress? You know, engineers face very stressful jobs. How do we handle stress? How do we manage time? Uh, and most importantly, does meditation play a key role in all of this? So we'd like to know a little bit about your journey and a little bit about yourself, Abhinavji. Thank you. Uh, that is a fantastic question. Uh, well, yeah, you're totally right. Like, as an engineer, the way we look at the world is very specific. Um, and I think this is the mindset you kind of start to develop like as you go through those units, as you go through your job, as you graduate, go on larger projects and that kind of thing. Um, you know, you're given, as you mentioned very rightfully, systems that you need to look at. And you know, I think you know, for myself personally, as you mentioned, I'm from Sydney, Australia. I've been working as an engineer for about five years now. I've been very lucky to, to be able to, to pursue that profession. And what I've noticed is there's a really interesting harmony between uh, my kind of growth as an engineer and my spiritual kind of journey, I would say. Um, and I guess that's what you're kind of alluding to with your question as well, like, the, like is there a harmony? And I, I really think there is. Um, like what I've seen in my time as an engineer is and I'm a very young engineer, mind you, so, you know, in five years, I'll probably say something very different, but that too is part of being an engineer. Um, so what, what I would say at this point in time is 
you know, I think the way we're able to look at systems objectively is the biggest kind of strength, um, I would say, of having an engineering mindset. Uh, because once you look at things objectively, all the biases and all of the, let's say, things you want the system to do become indifferent. Like, you don't really care as much about what you want. You're looking at it in a very kind of almost scientific way. You're just observing it. Um, and when I talk about my, my profession, I start to notice I'm almost talking in a, in a spiritual way sometimes. Um, because my experience with spirituality is very much similar. Like, you're, you're becoming very still. And the only goal of becoming still like that is to kind of observe yourself better. And I think my path has been pretty organic in that in that way. Like I think, you know, as I've developed my engineering kind of mindset, uh, my spiritual mindset has also kind of uh, developed as well. Um, so when I try to, it, it's interesting. Like when I'm at my job uh, and I'm debugging an issue, then uh, I, I kind of stop myself and I talk to myself. Okay, let's see what's going on. And I found I do myself do that to myself in my personal life as well now. So, if I say something maybe I'm not too happy with, or someone says something that I'm not, you know, maybe not too privy to, then immediately it's like, okay, let's see what's going on here. And I think I've noticed I'm like ninety percent engineer, ten percent human being at this point, um, which is not a great thing sometimes, especially when you have uh, people who uh, maybe want to think in a more flexible way um, so I think it's always a balancing act and you know even I think like it's not like the engineering mindset is the be-all end-all it's a way of looking at the world but I do think it does converge with spirituality to a certain degree how do engineers in stressful jobs like yours uh, how do they manage stress and what role does meditation uh, play in it yeah so I think my experience has been <laughs> that a lot of engineers deal with their stress by uh, first of all being uh, let's say colorful with their language towards the machine okay <laughs> so you could swear at the machine and, yeah. yeah okay that's one way um, so I see that a bit in the office now and then <laughs> which is sort of you know concerning sometimes but you know it's all in good fun but I think to, to answer it more seriously I, I think I'd say it's kind of taking that objective third-person view and applying it to your own self in a certain way. So you're, you're looking at a system from the outside, you're looking at what's going wrong, and you, you start to do the same thing with yourself. And w what I found is rather than like a, some kind of mechanic design or system or software that lets you look at a system you're debugging, the tool or the software that you do that with with yourself is meditation in my experience. So when I meditate, um, I try to keep it really simple. Like, you know, I think sometimes the, the pressure of regularity can get to you or the pressure of how long am I doing it for, how effective is it can get to you. But for me, it's, it's I, I don't mean to belittle it, but it's as, as much as brushing my teeth. It's, it, that's what it is to me like if I don't do this thing then I know I'm not cleaning up my mental laundry in a sense like there's all these things building up that I'm not even aware of probably 
So let's just, you know, go in there, clean up a bit and start the day or let's go in there, clean up a bit and end the day. So I I typically meditate once before, when I get up and before I sleep. But I I try to keep it really simple because, you know, depending on who you speak to or how it's represented to you, you can almost bring a different kind of stress. Like, am I doing it properly? Am I doing it enough? Uh, But that's not the point, right? It's the point is, it's just mental laundry, um, and, and personal laundry. I'd say, like there's all these feelings and emotions we feel on the job as well. Um, you know, this is a machine that you have probably helped build, or this system you've probably helped build, and now it's not working. So when you get angry at the machine, eventually you realize you're just getting angry at yourself. <laughs> so, right. So at some point, it's very humbling as well. Um, I actually remember three years ago. I, five years ago on my first team I was working on some on some stuff and I, I obviously didn't realize the importance of it back then and then five years down the track um, I was debugging an issue in a system which I'd forgotten about and um, you know I was looking at it, I was going which engineer wrote this you know like who did this how did they get hired right and then I, I clicked on the on the system and I looked at who last edited it, and it was me. Oh. <laughs> and that was a fantastic moment, I think. Um, it was very humbling. Um, and I think, like, it really, like it, it's a bit of a funny anecdote, but it gave me a realisation that, you know, part of being an engineer is also figuring out how you want to think and approach things. And I think that goes hand in hand with kind of the message that, meditation and spiritual philosophy gives you as well like you know you you want to focus on you want to you want to be humble enough to say there's definitely things I'm not conscious of there's probably emotions I'm not conscious of things that I'm dealing with day to day that I'm not really fully aware of it has to be building up somewhere it has to be rusting some part of my system so I have to at least take some measures so that I'm not bringing in the car to be serviced when the engine is broken down, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, many of our young engineering friends who have uh, not become engineers, they're in various uh, grades at engineering school. So when they're with us, they uh, have two or three things paramount in mind. One would be time management, yeah. one would be placements, you know, preparing for placements, preparing for the big interviews, yeah. Yeah, and one would be handling the stress and all of this. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think an engineer should do? You know, how would meditation and, in particular, VY help him uh, ace these particular areas? Yeah. I mean, I think the last thing you said about ace, like, I think I realized at one point that I almost felt like I was cheating in my life. Um, like I was doing these things that I knew I wasn't capable of. I just knew it. Like, if I was to look back on it and say. I did that thing, I'd be like, no, like, there's no way. So, I, I feel like meditation is a cheeky little hack. <laughs> um, and uh, when I've reflected on it, it's really just been, it just makes sense. Like, the system you use the most day to day is the system of converting thoughts into actions. And anything that can help you optimize that system or that process is immediately going to give you benefits 
especially if you're at a point in your life where I was as well, where I was looking for a job after graduating, or I was about to graduate, I was writing my thesis and all these different things. Um, if you if you were to ask my if my friends and family what I was like at that time, like it's something I'm quite proud of uh, because most of them were like, "Are you sure you're doing a thesis? Like you seem like you're just on holiday." And I was like, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> like I I feel really happy, um, and when I reflect on it, it's without kind of trying to overhype it. I would say it was just because I was doing my laundry every day. Like, I was doing my mental laundry. I, I guess I was not confident enough in myself that I, I was in control of everything, but in a sense that kind of gave me this reality check that yes, that is a true thing. I don't know everything about myself. Because um, like, I've read so many things, even in my own field where, you know, as a software engineer where, you know, we develop like, social media companies and this and that, right? So there, I think there was a study done a couple of years ago that we take in 32 gigabytes of information a day. Um, and when I thought about that, I was like, I am glad that I spend at least 20 minutes a day just cleaning up and sorting through all of that. Um, so what I would say is like, I personally run interviews as well these days, like for graduates and hiring and that kind of thing. Um, so without giving too much away <laughs> don't 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 take my word for it but without giving too much away specific to my company or anything like that because I think it's all the same ultimately I'd say like the, the greatest thing you can give yourself is a sense of self-confidence and self-assuredness um, I think that really that kind of energy that vibe that you can bring to any part of your life is the most key thing I would say like I would say anyone can learn the skills, especially the technical skills. I think, yes, you need to be of a certain caliber and a certain mindset, but I think after a certain point to become a better engineer, you have to be able to grow, outsize your impact beyond just the system you're working on and think, okay, how do I now take this system and scale it to millions of people? How do I take that system and scale it across my organization so that 500 people can solve an issue in it, for example. Um, you know, how do, I, how do I lead or grow leaders in, within my organization? Um, and, you know, for some of us as engineers, that can be a bit of a turning point. Like, is this what I really want to do with my career or that kind of thing? Um, but it's just a matter of growing your impact, I think. And I think one of the best ways to grow impact is just in simple daily things you do, um, like having a conversation, being there for someone when they're having a rough day um, is always extremely, extremely vital. Um, and all those things I feel come about very organically if you meditate, um, because when you kind of become more still, you can very clearly see what you're good at and what you're not good at. And so when they give you that question, you know, what are your strengths and weaknesses or anything like that, you won't sound like uh, someone who has prepared something. You would just be honest, like, hey, uh, I know I can do the math, I know I can do the science, I know I need to work on my communication, for example. And just in that, or in that 
kind of communication, that honesty, that truthfulness, it just, every time I see it, it really gives me a bigger appreciation for it. Um, whether I'm interviewing someone or they're interviewing me, and they're being on like, I remember I was interviewing a graduate just a couple of weeks ago, and he, he said to me, hey, like, you know, I, I failed this interview a couple of years ago, and I'm just glad to be here again. Um, and he also said, uh, by the way, I also failed this course that I'm just talking to you about, but I'm here again. And I, I honestly took that as a very big sign of strength, you know, like being disarming, being humble like that, being honest. Like being honest is hard, is what I would say. Like, you know, everyone in the world tells you be an honest person, but sometimes it's hard to be honest. Uh, it's very hard. And I think meditation, at least for me, what it's given me is this kind of self-assuredness. Like, regardless of what happens, if I mess up, I mess up. But I also know I'll work doubly as hard to amend that mistake. If I do well in something, great. That means something's going well. Let me try and continue that, for example. So I feel like it's given me this appreciation for what I have and what I don't have. And it all comes back to the same point of just being still, I think. Um, like, I think the best metaphor is this metaphor of, you know, if, you, if you're trying to look at the bottom of a river and there's some treasure at the bottom of the river, but the, the water's really turbulent and murky and, you know, you can't see the treasure at the bottom of the river. And I feel like meditation is just the way to become, make, make those waters still. And the treasure you find is just what you're capable of. So that's the most empowering thing. Like, I think, like, as an engineer who works in a company, like, I'm very lucky that I work at a company like the one I work at, where there's people from all over the world. Um, and I remember when I went into my first role uh, just a couple of years ago, um, I was surrounded by principal engineers. Um, so people who are like the best of the best. And... I remember like at that moment just feeling very grateful that firstly I'm here, I can learn from all these people, but secondly that I knew I had something to give and that I have something to learn. And I think the greatest, the greatest trait I've seen in the best engineers I've worked with is this sense of they are always trying to learn more. Uh, they don't, they recheck their assumptions every time. And especially when you're debugging systems, that's a very sensible thing to do. You know, you have to recheck your assumptions. Is this true? Is this not? Okay, this can't. What is this? Is is this assumption based on? Because um, in in our field, if you assume anything, you're gonna break it at some point. It's it's gonna break. <laughs> like, um, like you can't assume anything. Um, and I think, like that mindset really leans itself towards the things meditation gives you. Um, so I, I think, for me, what meditation has given me, especially when I was in my, let's say, final years of engineering, is just this sense of, I guess, uh, you, if you could call it balance. Um, just, and not even balance, like, you know, that I didn't get 
stressed out at times. I think it was more that I was at least aware that, hey, I am taking on a bit too much now. So let me slow down and let me figure it out. So let me go into that problem-solving state, let me do my laundry, and let me figure out what's next. But like, like I think if, if you're a person who meditates and you say, I, ne- I never get stressed out, you're probably lying. Like, um, it's not like that. Because uh, just being existing is difficult. It is stressful. It is, there's so many aspects to life which no one is prepared for, no one understands completely, no one can. Um, but at least, you know, if we can be aware of when we are in a difficult spot, we can take actions towards fixing that system as an engineer would. Finally, what is it that VY meditation has given you? Um, great question. I'm trying to think about one how to answer that uh, without saying like, I guess everything. <laughs> um, I, I I remember like before I was me- before I started meditating, I do remember that there were things I wanted to do with my life. But maybe it was the environment I was in, probably not because you can't really blame things on your environment. Um, but at least the, the time, at the time I was in early high school and I distinctly remember that there was things I wanted to do with my life. Like I wanted to be successful in this way, I wanted to have a great friend, friend circle and this kind of stuff. and. For some reason or another, I, I remember, like, I, I would get there, but it never felt like it was right for some reason. Like, it always felt like I was just scraping by. Like, I didn't feel like I was driving my life. I felt like the conditions, the environment I was in was what was driving me. Um, and you know, I would look at someone else who was more successful than me, and I'd say, "Okay, I want to do better than that." Um, and I knew I could. That's the thing. Like I knew I had the potential, um, but sometimes I, I, I'd realize like I would attach myself to the other person too much. Like if if they were getting ninety percent, as a rough example, I would aim for ninety five. But then if they got eighty five in the next test. I'd be like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> like, like, what do I want to do? Kind of thing. And I, I think what meditating gave me at that point in my life and what it's given me since then is this understanding of what I want. Um, like, I know what I am capable of. I know what I want to do with my life. And regardless of external forces now, I feel very assured that my pathway is clear to me. Um, like I know what the traits I, I admire and respect in great engineers. I know what traits I admire in great spiritual seekers and teachers. And but and despite kind of being similar to when I was in high school where you know I'm looking at someone outside of myself and saying, okay, I want to be like that. Now it's more of a inspiration that reminds me of something about something it reminds me of 
the fact that I can do it, basically. Like, if this person can do it, surely I can as well. I just need to work hard, you know, do my laundry, work hard, be honest, and I'm sure I can get there. Um, and like I was saying before, like, you know, without kind of, you know, representing myself as someone who's very great or anything like that, because I'm definitely not, um, there are things I've achieved which I was very shocked that I was able to achieve. And I think it's just because I'm trying to take these steps every day, these little steps, um, to be cautious, uh, to be honest, uh, and to connect with myself better. Because um, you know, what I've realized is, you know, even, even in my teenagehood, there were times when I remember I really wanted, I really sought friendship, right? Just like we all do, I'm sure. And at one point I realized like, the person who I'm gonna talk to the most and spend the most time with in my life is probably just me. Like just that self-reflection, that self-conversation. And I realized like sometimes that self-conversation that I was having with myself was very negative. It was very, very negative, very blue. Uh, very harsh and I, I started to think you know we're taught to be kind to other people in our lives but too often we're not taught to be kind to ourselves and I tried it for a bit like just being a little more nicer to myself like okay like, okay you messed up cool it's fine <laughs> just settle down it'll be fine <laughs> and um, I, I found like my life just got better you know like I just found I would sit down to meditate and I would have this compassion building up in me and that compassion didn't depend on anything it was very organic uh, and very natural um, and I think that compassion when you have even a little bit of compassion for yourself and a little bit of understanding of, you know, the imperfections in yourself, when you see imperfections in other people, you feel that same compassion for them, I feel. Um, because you understand, like, everyone's going through their own path in life. Um, you understand that, you know, even though, you, like, you know all the things, like, like people, you always meet someone in your life maybe as an engineer you meet a young person who wants to be an engineer and they'll say oh you're amazing you know you're so amazing uh, which is just very nice to hear sure uh, but you know how imperfect you are <laughs> like you totally know and you want to sit them down and tell them don't be like me because <laughs> I am not by any means amazing in any way um, and then you realise like everyone's like that Everyone has things they're working on. So rather than being mean to each other, let's be kind to ourselves and each other. Kind of thing. Whenever something would come up, uh, which was to do with the mind or with how to, to control yourself better, I would, I would kind of take a look because it would interest me a little bit. Because you know, as I mentioned, like there was this point in my life where I felt like I was succeeding, but I wasn't really driving my life. And in that journey, eventually, I came about uh, the hunger milk, um, and 
the meditation I mentioned a couple of times, uh, the 10 minutes in the morning and evening, uh, that has been hung the yoke for me for the last 10 years straight. Um, so when, when you say what has been your given me, I think it's given me a way to derive and understand things about myself very accurately. So I think, you know, when I sit down to do the Hunger meditation, uh, what I've experienced is some of the things we already spoke about, like this ability to look at things objectively, this ability to sort of just remove yourself from something and look back at it. Uh, and, you know, for me, I haven't practiced any other forms of meditation. Uh, and when people ask me, you know, why Vihangam Yoga? Because uh, it's your first one, why not try another one? Uh, my simple answer to that is, um, I feel like I've already found everything I, I wanted to, to find uh, in this practice. Um, the uniqueness to me of Hangam Yog is there's no questions left. Um, you start practicing, you've experienced it for yourself, and then you know people see the change inside of you. Uh, I think the most powerful thing that's happened to me in terms of practicing it is when I think a year into practicing it um, one of my friends just pulled me aside and said what's going on with you like you seem a lot calmer a lot more at rest and I, I had no answer for that you know I was like um, I'm very confused <laughs> And I had been confused a little bit because I was meditating, <laughs> so uh, that was interesting. Um, but when I reflected on it, it was like, oh wow, you know, it's very, it's not visible, immediately visible. Uh, it's subtle. Uh, and I think that's the uniqueness of Hang of Yoga. It's, I don't want to belittle it, but you know, when we're young and we grow older and someone asks us when did you grow taller like when in what point in time did you actually grow taller you can't pinpoint it um, unless you do like a time lapse of every day when you go to bed uh, which you shouldn't do that's a lot of hard work um, but uh, it's similar like I think I didn't even realize but before I knew it I had all these tools at my disposal the ability to self-control, the ability to be, well, firstly, to be self-aware. Uh, so be, being aware of what's going on in my system. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And then after that, the ability to tweak some of those things that are going on. So to, to apply some self-control. Um, so if I'm feeling unhappy about something, then being able to take a breath in and let it out <laughs> um, which I still struggle to do sometimes because I'm still a work in progress like everyone um, but it's something that I'm that I became aware of and I controlled and uh, along with the many other things that teenage would and you know uh, 
being a young engineer brings, the stressful situations you spoke of as well. And of course, the ability to balance. Um, at, at, as, like, that's kind of the three-step thing that I've seen has been very unique for me. The ability to be self-aware, apply self-control and balance myself. So, you know, when I'm, when I'm, when I was doing my thesis, I remember I would wake up and I knew 99% of my, my energy for the day is going to my thesis. And that was it. Like, there was no discussion. There was no, you know, no debate, no negotiation internally for, okay, maybe I'll slip some, you know, YouTube in or something. Um... I just knew that's it and once I'd set that guideline since I had these tools at my disposal I could you know it's not really a balanced life but I was balancing myself towards a goal I wanted to achieve and in contrast to an earlier part of my life where I felt like I was achieving things but not really in control I would feel like you know I, I was only meditating doing yoga for 20 minutes a day you know 10 minutes in the morning and night but I could be very granular about the way my energy was being spent in a day. And my economy, uh, my daily economy became the economy of energy in a sense. So I'd wake up and I would, you know, figure out, okay, whilst I'm doing my laundry again, sorry to go back to that metaphor, um, I would decide, okay, 10% here, 10% here, 80% here. And it would all be calibrated with where I, what my state of mind is and what my state of existence is. So it would be very different if my state of mind is relaxed and I'm on holiday and if I was relaxed and in the middle of my thesis. Very different how I would spend my energy. But at the very least, I could be very granular about it. Um, and... I feel like that is all I need. Um, I feel very empowered and very confident in my ability um, to achieve the things that I want to achieve in my life. Um, you would have to do a lot of convincing to tell me I can't do something. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, if if there's anything more than that, then I don't know what it is. Because um, I, I, I've had moments recently where I, before I go to sleep, I just realize that I'm really happy. Like, and I, I can't locate it. <laughs> like, um, and, and I've told like people close to me as well, like, I, I don't know, like I'm just so grateful these days and so happy these days. And, um, I think it all just comes down to this, this process of the Hanum Yog. Um, it is just so subtle. Um, it's, it's not even a grain of sand, it's like atomic to me. Like that's how granular it is. Um, and when you have that level, level of granularity in your life, then the human potential really becomes clear. Again, like I'm not nothing amazing uh, at all, and I never will be. But at the very least, I know that the things I've wanted to achieve uh, and aspire to achieve, I've been able to take the right steps towards doing those things. I've at least been able to 
set myself up for success. Um, whether I get the success or not, I, like I don't really mind. As long as I've set myself up for the success, and that's all I have in my control, I would say, then I feel very empowered and I feel very, uh, very much like I can do whatever I set out to do in my life. So I think meditation has expanded my perspective on life. Um, and it's paradoxical because you, would, you wouldn't think sitting in one place for 20 minutes can expand your perspective of the world. Uh, it's very counterintuitive. But that's the thing, like I think it, in this age where we think we need to... Like, I have a lot of friends who love to travel and I also love traveling to a certain degree, uh, definitely. Um, but sometimes I ask them when they come back because um, they go on journeys of self-discovery. Um, and I ask them like, okay, so before you left, um, you mentioned there were these flaws in your character do you still have those flaws? Do you think you still have those flaws? And 90% of the time I say, yeah, like I still think I'm that kind of person. And I totally get it. Like, you know, sometimes I feel so tired after a week of work, maybe I've done something I'm not proud of. And I'll just be going through that process of trying to be nice to myself, but also hating myself at the same time. Um, and eventually I realized I just needed to be still. I need to be still, I need to look at it from a third party perspective, be objective and solve the problem uh, rather than you know, running away from it in a sense, which I'm not saying that's what travel or anything is at all, um, but I'm just saying, you know, sometimes I found in my own life that I try to leave a situation and I think, oh, that's going to make it better. But what I found is rather than completely leaving it's better to just stop and pause and just observe for a bit and just kind of let it simmer um, like something on the stove. Like just let it simmer, see, you know, what, what happens and, and readjust. So that's a very long-winded answer, I think, but um, it's given me a self-corrective way of living my life. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of this week's conversation. I think it's important for us to note that meditation really empowers us to have a new level of control over ourselves and our thoughts, consequently helping us destroy stress rather than simply managing or almost tolerating it. As Abhinavji and Raghavji discussed, it's through meditation that we are able to gain a finer control over how we want to delegate our mental energy among the different pieces of work we have in our day-to-day -day lives. What's more, with this control, we almost feel like things are slowing down, and a deep sense of satisfaction and calm consistently stays with us, no matter what we go through. That brings us to the end of Vihangam Yoga Global Online Forum for the year, and we'd like to wish you all a very happy new year. So Jason Gurudev, please stay safe, and we'll see you next week at the front of 2021.
शांति शांति सुख शांति